0: Coming up right now, the newest episode from Car, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Welcome to Three Pagans and a Cat. I'm Car.
1: You may call me Ode. Mary meet. My name is Gwyn.
0: And our special guest today is...
2: Dane. How y'all doing? We, we are doing, doing, Mary, well. doing great. We're doing great. Excited.
1: We're very ultra. excited to finally get you on the podcast. This is our ultra special guest.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're overselling it. I'm telling you right now, they're overselling it. We're not. We're not we overselling
3: really not. it. Lady I'm, Dame is great. We we first met Lady Dame last year at Michigan Pagan Fest, I believe. Yes. Right? Yep. and I went to several of your classes mm. and I was just, I loved everything you had to say <laughs> <laughs> even when I didn't agree with you because you were very open about listening to other people's opinions and saying, okay, well let's work let's that discuss. let's discuss this, let's, mm-hmm. you know let's work it out, so I really like appreciated that about you
0: Plus I think oh. Lady Dame was the only one who decided to it was too hot in the sheds and moved her classes outside
2: that is true. yeah i'm not doing stupid stuff <laughs> I, don't, I don't i will never understand that i grew up um, half my year i was spending georgia mm. with my grandmother and so i don't do heat right mm-hmm. so like georgia people are smart they go oh it's hot let's go in a building mm-hmm. right oh, It's in a building it's hot let's go outside you know right. just like uh we're leaving now and are all going go outside under one of these tents nobody's using and I, if you say something to me, it's going to embed it. <laughs> that's pretty much how I live my life. Uh, yeah, well, we
0: lived in Georgia for five years. Yeah, so uh,
2: I, we,
1: I, yeah. I still that's have. Really I was a child when we lived in Georgia, so I still have like a weird nostalgia, even though I don't have like a lot of very clear memories of Georgia. Right. Like I see red clay, and I'm like, it's my home.
2: <laughs> I do the same thing. The twitchiest thing that ever happened to me: I was in South Africa, and they have red clay in South Africa. Oh my gosh. So I'm in, I'm in this place that's not. My it's not mind. home. Right. And I looked at the dirt and went, Holy <laughs> shit. <And> I, <laughs> dang, I'm back. I'm back. She started talking I'm with a southern along. accent like, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one place on earth where I really figured out that I'm just American. <laughs> You're like, oh, you're African-American. Go to Africa. Mm, I'm probably just American. <laughs>
3: <laughs> For our listeners who are not familiar with you, mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about your path
2: and what you do? Because you're a speaker. You're a teacher. Comedian. Comedian. Are we talking about my pagan path or just... Everything. Path? Everything. All right, so I started off... Whatever you off, want to talk about. <laughs> I want to... Because we're three pagans at a cat, I going to steer just towards pagan. Sure. So I went to the uh, Detroit Waldorf School. And Waldorf School's Rudolph Steiner created the Waldorf schools, and here's an interesting history note, Rudolf Steiner was in the OTO, oh, the Order God. of Temple okay. before Alistair Crowley came in. Huh. Okay. So there's some heavy <laughs> metaphysical leanings. <laughs> right. And if you go to a Waldorf school and sort of hang out for a second, if you're paying, and you're like, oh, I know this, <laughs> I know this. It's a like they follow, they wouldn't call it a wheel mm-hmm. of the year. But there's cross quarters oh. <laughs> and they have like Mickelmas, you know, okay. we had um, Mickelmas is for St. Michael. So they do St. Michael and the Dragon. Okay. And like when I was a kid, it's the second graders dress up as the dragon. <laughs> and the teacher has the head and all the kids hold hands. So they put a cloth over all of us. And Eurythmy um, is almost like I call it a uh, German Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, they would, so we would learn Eurythmy and our Eurythmy teacher would be St. Michael. Right, so he'd be out there with all his regalia with the sword and he's going to knock down the dragon, it was all about us taking on our courage, and there was this whole underlying for it, but what always happened was about the last four feet of the dragon, we just run off (laughs) every year I don't think good second grade plan. So I grew up like so celebrating Saint Lucia Day, but not any of the other saints. We mm-hmm. right. I grew up with Saint Nicholas and not Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and then and Saint Nicholas would show up with Rupert, who okay. would uh-huh. beat the kids. Yeah, yeah, Right. So there'd be one. So there'd be this like little guy dressed in black, dressed in rags, dressed in cold, and everybody would get a gift. And if you'd been bad that year, you legit got oh, nothing. Wow. Would wow. get in class. They would wait to after class to give you something. Interesting. But you wouldn't get anything. I mean, so you got shamed before your class? Nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah, it was nerve-wracking. That is rough. Oh, baby. It was nerve-wracking. And there would always be at least one kid that they uh-huh. bring up and paddle. I mean, they would never really hit him. but they'd bring right. him up and paddle. Like, they wanted... Germans have... You know what I mean? There's no yeah. cuddly, There's right? No, yeah. You messed yeah. up, and so you get peddled. So that's how it kind of started. And then I remember in fourth grade, we started studying the Norse gods, mm-hmm. which makes perfect sense in yeah. a German school. Yep. yep, yep. And I went home and had all these questions, and I didn't ask my mother; I sort of they percolated in my head. And I came to school the next day. We were fourth grade, and I said to my teacher, "Do people still worship?" odin and my teacher said in some part of the world i'm sure they do like at <laughs> no point did she try to get into monotheism she didn't right. try to push out this idea that these were old gods and no one was talking about she was like oh i'm sure they do and just that that was pretty much the day that i was pagan right wow. wow. now i did a lot to go to church i got baptized catholic i did a lot of things but i just remember coming home that day and telling my mother i worship odin now and my and my mother's response was, "Oh, okay." Like she didn't even.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> she probably just was kind of like, "Oh, that's nice, dear." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, cute. no, I mean, no.
2: <laughs> She's a physical education oh, major. Okay. My mother had she had a serious educational background, and her brain oh, was okay. like, "Well, Odin is a different name for God. We're good." Oh, but okay. even she never said. She never said no. no. Absolutely not. Yeah. So because I never hit the no, I just
1: the, there was no necessary rebellion there. At least no, everyone me, was just like,
3: no. "Sure, you could do that. Right. Why not?"
2: You want to wish it on Fair enough. <laughs> and, uh, so coming up through high school, I was a very violent child because I had sort of violent parents. And when I got out of all of that and got out of college, I wanted to be a better person. Like, ah, this violence is not working for me. So I went through the conscious decision to turn what I'd learned from my parents from being weapons into tools mm-hmm. and therefore i tried to be buddhist now i suck at buddhism because i'm going <laughs> to eat meat and i kill flies right there <laughs> yep. which i think is two enough reasons to not make it as a buddhist so somehow i got turned into paganism like into wicca mm-hmm. okay. really yeah um and i blame you remember the py- pyramid collection mm-hmm. yeah i blame the pyramid collection because they would send these books with all the the witchy stuff in, yeah. and, and gotcha, like pyramids, and and you could like order the celestial series. jewelry. Oh, I, I bought so much stuff. I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have a girlfriend. I had nothing, and I was like, something's wrong with me. So a friend of mine and I went to a fortune teller. Mm. Mm. On a wimp. We were going to strip clubs and there was no strip club. The <laughs> <laughs> step down, do? let's go to a strip club. Can't, can't find one. one. <laughs> let's go get a fortune teller.
3: <laughs> Whatever. It's just
2: natural or <laughs> natural, order natural of progression. progression. Right, exactly. yeah, yeah. I always tell people, say, we, you know, we went to a, we to a fortune teller because we couldn't go to a strip club, you know, like you do. Like you do. Right. Um, hey, listen,
1: anytime you're out on a Friday night and you can't right. find a strip club, there's probably a fortune teller somewhere.
2: Somewhere. somewhere. We go in and she does his reading first. And then she does mine, and I before I can sit in the chair, she starts talking about how cursed I am. Ooh. And she's like, "This is a generational curse. You're never going to find love. You're never going to have be happy." She's like, "This." She, I didn't even sit down. She didn't turn over a card. Mm-hmm. She just looked at me and said. You were cursed. You got you, problems. Like, it was bad. And then once she did the reading, the curse got worse. Like, it went further back and got worse. And then she said, uh, you got all these curses, but I can lift it for $5,000. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. of course. Scam. Right. And I believed, looking at my parents and my life, that mm-hmm. the curse thing might be right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just because you try to scam me at five grand doesn't mean you don't know what you're talking about. Right. 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 And so, but I didn't have five grand to lift it. So I went to a. Pagan bookstore (laughs) and decided that I would just read up on paganism, search it on the internet, and figure out how to break a curse. Right. And in the process of learning enough spell word to try to break this curse I basically ended up hanging out with pagans and becoming part of the community and that's how I met my wife, I was at a fundraiser and that's when I met Celeste mm-hmm. now what's funny is that story, that whole piece of the curse, mm-hmm. I ended up telling for the moth
1: I've seen that. Yep, yep. Right. Yes. And yep. so
2: that story, the curses with the moth and that's how I started being a storyteller with them and now I'm a host with them. Right. And they send me everywhere to do these shows and I'm actually going to London next month. Oh, yeah. To host yeah, their a show it. in London. That's so have really fun. Successful. But while I'm doing this, I'm like this weird pagan person but I don't ever take that off. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't go to places at take off being pagan. As like a right. non-pagan. Right, like somehow I'm only pagan in the story, but that's not really who I am. I have two wives, so I don't take that off either. Right. So I, like my bio says I'm married to the two, to the most beautiful women mm-hmm. in the world. And everybody wants to Everyone's like, write Everyone's like, oh, my typo, bio. typo. Right. So <laughs> woman, I'm like, I need you to mind, this is grown folks' business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm usually wearing a, a pentacle or a star or something. And when I would tell that story, people would come out of the woodwork, and they would whisper it, like, it be, and run off. <laughs> <laughs> or they would, I was actually in a, I don't even remember where I was, I did a show, and the bartender, the woman, went up to get a drink, she looked me in the eye, went under... Her shirt, pulled out her pant, put it back in her shirt, and just made me drink. She never said anything. Huh. Just wow. like, Stella's like, like, your pentacle <laughs> dropped, and it was smooth too. Yeah. Right? Because we're the same, same, same people. It. Right. <laughs> I'm yeah, You
0: know, yeah. I wonder how many of, of those kind of people there are in the world, because when we started this podcast mm-hmm. a year ago, we thought. Man, we get a hundred listeners. yeah, you know, and we didn't think mm-hmm. that many people would listen. And we we
1: also thought we'd get bored about four episodes in,
0: right? <laughs> and, and we're now thirty-one episodes in and almost one hundred twenty-seven thousand downloads. Yeah. So, and there's you know, a
3: lot of people who listen to us who are who are new to the path mm-hmm. or who are, who are secret. returning, right? Yes. You know, yeah. returning, yeah. or the and a lot, a lot of them are, are secret. In, yeah, a lot of a lot of them are, yeah. Well, yeah. they can't share their path.
2: I am, because your listeners won't know this unless they look me up, I am African-American and about 320 pounds. If I tell you I'm pagan you got some shit to say about it, you probably won't. Right. <laughs> so I get a chance to do something other people right do. Right. Uh, I was in Whitesburg, Kentucky doing a show uh, at Apple Shop, which is this great radio station, public radio station that this guy started in this town. This, like, he tried to make Appalachia Hippie okay. instead of letting it go some other ways. And I think we had maybe 50 people in that room, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And I stood up there and said, my wife, like I was telling the story, and I said, my wife. And I went on and told the story. And when I got off the stage, these, it was like four gay women with couples mm-hmm. who have been living? You know, I call it a Georgia secret. Like you don't tell anybody you' gay. We don't talk about it. But don't nobody have a roommate for thirty seven years? Right. right. It's
0: the two aunts who uh-huh. live together. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And one of the uh, women was crying. And she said, I would have never thought that anyone would get up on that stage and and get on any stage in this town and say they were gay. I never thought anybody would just say that out loud. And it's the power of being present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the power of taking your paganism to a bigger stage and not hiding from it. Right. And then when people run into pagans, like, oh, yeah, that chick that did the moth. She's pagan. Mm-hmm. She's fine. You mm-hmm. know. Right. I did a show that was that show. And the woman I was on the show with, she's a devout Christian. So her whole story was about how Christianity basically saved her life, right? Mm-hmm. And she was talking about running. She didn't know I was pagan. She talked about this girl who put a curse on her when they were in college and mm-hmm. put something under her bed. She was a sure. witch, yeah. But she's yeah. one of those what I call the, the loud witches, where you just discovered paganism. Now you're trying to scare people with uh-huh. right? Yeah. She's one of those. I'm like, that's not a real, real pagan. You ain't gonna ever know unless they tell you, and nobody's mm-hmm. worrying you, right? And she, when I said to her that I was pagan, she's like, Well, you know, I don't know if the Lord let me talk to you. And I said, That's fascinating because you've been talking to me for three days. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) And God usually ain't that slow. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, you, right. Say. You think
1: if he had a strong opinion about it, he, he would have let right. it out by
2: now. <laughs> right, and please don't start a scripture conversations with me because I promise you. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, we've discovered that I think pagans know more about the Bible than most Christians do.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you have the reason I think that you slide over there is because you know the Bible isn't saying all the bullshit that people are saying it's saying. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I can't be a Christian. You know, I, I can have a. I still have a faith that sees itself in yeah. biblical text because I get the idea of the fool. Mm -hmm. I get the idea of the major arcana running through Mm -hmm. the Christian scriptures. I get that Jesus, if you look at his life and go through all four gospels Mm -hmm. and start laying the cards down, he's doing that fool's journey. Mm -hmm. 100%. So I get it. You're fine what I don't like is people pick not even picking and choosing but just making stuff up
0: right yeah
1: there Uh are so many things that Christians have just that have just become like reflex responses that aren't that aren't biblical at all. And like, they don't know that. Um, God closes the door, but he opens a window. Right, yeah. they think that's in the Bible. It's right. not in the Bible. No,
2: right. And even in paganism, and I said this to my classes, and I, you know, I always get the blank stare. But it's like, I don't want to bring this up, but you left Christianity for whatever reason, but you get to paganism and act like you don't have to do more work. Like Christianity right. has only got one book, and you only got to read half of that. Right, yeah. yeah. It's that. If that, yeah. right? Like, if you read the Gospels and you read Revelations, mm-hmm. you can guess the middle. Exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> you don't, need, you don't you need the first four chapters in that last one. You got it. Right. That's, that's 90% of the faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, paganism, you got to go into anthropology. You need a library. Right. Like you, yeah. you, you need a library and you really need experts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're doing Reconstruction yeah. Yeah. paganism, where you decide that you want to do Egyptian rituals as the Egyptians did. it, mm-hmm. And you good right. luck right. with that one, by the way. You really you do have to
3: become an expert yourself <laughs> right. in, in many ways, especially if you are, re, you know, a reconstructionist or you're eclectic solitary. Right. Or you're not working with a coven that has mm-hmm. a specific tradition.
1: Where someone else has done that work or and some- can just pass it down to you.
3: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like we get a lot of, of new pagans saying, well, how do you do this and how do you do that? And my want-
1: answer is always like, well, there, here are some research texts for you to start yeah. with. Right. This is where
3: you start. Right. Google is your friend. and And here is a list of books. Yes. And here's a list of resources.
0: I mean, Gwen's been in this long enough that Google wasn't a thing.
2: Yeah. No, oh, no, no. So. It wasn't when I started. Either, right. Though. Yeah. No, I mean, and so I, you, had to to you had to go to the library to find the library stuff. And pull out books. <laughs>
0: or an AOL chat room. I did. <laughs> that AOL chat room.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah AOL yep. chat, but I tell you something too, when you do that Google search, skip the first thirty five hundred <laughs> yeah. entries. Cause yeah. that stuff is new. Yeah. If you want to go back to like page six mm-hmm. yeah. go in there because that I mean I remember the um Gardnerian Book of Shadows got uploaded once. Mm-hmm. Lady Sheba? No, yeah. Lady Sheba, but it was an actual oven coven she- oh. had put up their full book of shadows. Yeah. Yeah. And my friend was like Somebody's going to forget how to take this down, uh-huh. and she printed it off. <laughs> so there was times where I would go and find text, and if I found something that was good or deep or correct, I'd pull it off. I have a handout somewhere in the world, guarding, invoking, and banishing pentagrams, and asking, are they evolutionary or creationary? Mm-hmm. And then, in that case, it moves fire; it switches fire from one foot to other.
1: Oh, right? Even yeah. that, like, no one yeah.
2: talks about that. Right, I used yeah. to teach like invoking and banishing pentacles. I would talk about that. Yeah. 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 Or you know, it's it, and like these always oh, let's say kids, but these <laughs> kids don't know that we get those invoking and banishing pentacles from the oto yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right. that yeah from the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram yep. yeah and in the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram you only do earth that's right yes. and those yeah. farmers
1: right. Right. yeah so we uh fall from uh arts and, craft and craft. did a, yeah. a whole class on the lesser banishing ritual yeah uh,
3: yes. the they have an oto charter now. yes yeah. and so and, and, know, and they he's doing a, a the Lima, the Lima Sunday, the Lima Sunday School, and so he's doing. You know, he's <laughs> I doing just I yeah. love him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's well, a- we live five miles from them. Oh, so- you go. yeah. Oh, we're yeah. we're over there all the time. Oh yeah, and they so- actually do readings there.
3: Yes, yeah, so over yeah. there mm. every mm. once a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we get to we get to hear a lot of really mm. wonderful, really interesting, in- conversation. interesting conversation, yeah. a lot of good information from Paul. But one of the things that he has said, which I think you're intimating as well, is like people don't know their history, yeah. of, no. of the craft. And no
2: paganism they don't and, know and where how, these things come from yeah right? how, how they've borrowed from each other which is absolutely fine but i'm always concerned about how people don't work out just what i consider to be basic problem solving mm-hmm. skills are basic mm-hmm. it's basic critical thinking in that it gerald gardner meets this group right they've been mm-hmm. secretive this whole time they're not going to give him everything they got yeah, right. I exactly. Right. I'm, I'm going to let you publish these things that aren't harmful to us, mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily rooted 100 percent in our tradition. Mm-hmm. These are the pieces that have been passed on so long that if you go to any coven in, in it, around us, they should be what I used to refer to as standard working operating procedure. Right. right. So this is stuff that every group probably maybe does, but how? Or is at least in, familiar. It's right. familiar. With, but how do you fill in the rest of that? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like where do you pull the rest of that from? And the only thing that I could think would feel correct in that is the Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm, right. So if yeah. you're pulling from, gar- if Gardner's pulling from this ancient, this, this new, line, this vein, New Forest, flame, new forest. Yep. and then pulling from Golden Dawn, then you're pulling from Ceremonials, right. Mm-hmm. right? So some of the stuff that you're doing is more complicated and was designed to be done in a specific way at a specific time than you're doing it. But even now, if you go to opening writ here, or go to a ritual. You got people who don't know how to do mm-hmm, right. invoking mm-hmm. and managing pentagrams, pentacles. <laughs> regardless of whether they should be ceremonial or not ceremonial, you don't know they exist and you don't know how to do them. Right, and you don't have to do them. Right, fine. But I'm worried that you don't know they exist. Right, right, exactly, right. Exactly. And I've got people who don't know how to ward and shield.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I got people
2: who don't know how to ground and center.
1: Yep. We we did a whole episode on grounding, centering, and shielding because it turned out a whole bunch of people didn't. didn't know yeah, we're doing how it.
0: A, we're doing do a whole series called it. First Steps. Yes, you know, so we yes. cover grounding and shielding, and, and so centering we're trying and, to like
1: go back and uncover like what were the things we had to learn. Well, and like first. we
0: just did shadow work, so I'm really new to all of this. Okay, you know, I'm only a, 18 months really yeah. into paganism,
2: Fair
0: enough. after 47 years of Christianity and. Two years of nothing. Yeah. So I'm having to learn all of this now. I I'm part of the ADF. Okay. So I'm I'm learning about rodeary and ADF stuff and that kind of stuff. Love them. That's I a do lot too. Of
2: education. Yeah. I love them because they don't play around. Yep. Yeah. ADF is like, okay, here's the 97,000 things you need to know. <laughs> Start learning that while we're still discovering things. Yeah. you get your new book next week. Right, yeah. yeah.
0: But I consider myself not a reconstructionist, mm-hmm. but a reclaimer. Yes. Because I can't reconstruct what the Druids did. There's not enough material, and what material we have didn't come from them. It yes. came from monks mm-hmm. <laughs> writing yes. about them. So.
1: So well you know, we just live in a very different world than our ancestors. Absolutely. Right,
0: exactly. So we right. have
1: to
3: we have to realize that how we worship is gonna be different because of well, the how context of
2: our world and where how we live and where we live. Yeah. And we need to also accept that it doesn't have to be special mm-hmm. to be right. Yeah. We like to we everybody wants to go back so we're going to do this like the egyptians you can't mm-hmm. right you can't so and this is how i learned that so i'm a musician by trade right so that's my my back my uh, actual degree is in vocal and instrumental music and i grew up playing violin singing and whatnot and i was going to go into ethnomusicology as my masters and i just didn't do it and in ethnomusicology one of the first things they teach you is you will never hear what mozart heard mm-hmm. right because you are not in the time you don't have the you don't have the gas lamps. Mm-hmm. Right. you don't have the smoke Even From the, the candles. But yeah. the, I mean even beyond the instruments, the, the atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah. yeah, is different. Yeah. And, the, and that would be enough. The fact that I'm not we don't burn tallow candles, mm-hmm. right? Right. Is enough to change yeah, it changes the chemical the, It changes yeah. how you hear the air. Because it changes yeah. what that instrument sounds like. And we are all evolutionarily larger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Than people at that time. So, so like even the number so the first thing you need to check on a Stradivarius is how small is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I got a Stradivarius, the first thing you look at is like, it's, no, it fits you as a modern person. That's no, not a it's not yeah. a Stradivarius. Yeah. Yep. It's not a strat. It's too big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just those pieces, I don't see any reason why that doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. right to paganism to mm-hmm. worship practices i think we too don't want to claim our lines you know so we've got folks who want to want to drift over into the celts but they really come out of the italians it's like mm-hmm. you could do straight like you it, and i think it works better if you hit your line mm-hmm. because these folks know you you're already going down a group that knows you day you led a ritual
3: midnight midnight in the garden, in the garden of good and evil mm-hmm. yes and that included <clears throat> a lot of singing, a lot of music. Yes. Now I know why you were so amazing is because you are an amazing singer. <laughs> I was so deeply moved by that entire ritual. Would you explain, a little? I mean, without obviously, you know, giving it away, demystifying <laughs> or giving away too much, what that ritual I was I really
2: about. big on demystifying. Okay, okay good. good. Thank uh, God. Demystify. Usually, uh, demystify we demystify everything. Because I never did the same thing twice. Okay, so i got gotcha. not and I would like to start off by saying I, I proposed a Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil ritual for another event mm-hmm. and lost my description. Uh-huh. And so, the, whatever that first intonation that didn't happen at Michigan, was, Pagan, Fest Michigan Fest Pagan, Pagan Fest last year, yeah. I still don't know what I was trying to do with that <laughs> um, This one was just as a sidebar the OTO used to come in and do Gnostic Mass mm. at convocation, and I was like, put them at midnight. Because I had my Christmas Catholic thing happen, mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. we would do midnight Gnostic Mass. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I was like, Yeah, you know. And they no one had told me that they were back up and running and were gonna do it again. So I wanted to do something late at night as well. They just sort of do it like a nighttime. Room. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When everything's really running. So I proposed this idea of uh midnight to guard the Garden of good and evil. So double side note, every class and every ritual I do is either gonna borrow from a popular book name, but all my classes are music based. Mm-hmm. So if you look at all my class description, the, the, the titles of my classes are always songs. Mm-hmm. So I had a class yesterday called Maybe I'm Amazed. Mm-hmm. And it is about uh, love magic, right? So when I did Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, I had this concept that we would go and have dinner mm-hmm. with our ancestors. Not just leave food for them, mm-hmm. but actually sit down and eat with them. But in the process of doing that, people don't always get the response Mm -hmm. from family. So to call them and make them more solid in that space, I decided to combine the things that I know, Mm -hmm. which are magic and storytelling. Mm -hmm. So my thing was, in this ritual space, I'm still going to break you into small groups Mm -hmm. and have you tell each other Mm -hmm. about one of your ancestors. Mm -hmm. And in that way, create community as a web in the underworld mm-hmm. so your ancestors now know each other at least in that group mm-hmm. there's this connection that happens because I'm remembered and then I heard about this other person and so I wanted to start building like next year because we always do ritual in the middle world right so I wanted to do something in the underworld and next year when we are supposed to be beating each other up I'm taking this up into the upper world I also want to say for the record that that ritual didn't exist 100% so I got in the room because <laughs> okay. um, it's the kind of thing that runs You can't do anything with it Unless you have to deal with the people right. Who are there The other part was I feel that in the African American diaspora, mm-hmm. We have a tendency to mourn To pull mourning mm-hmm. From people during funerals mm-hmm. right? So we actually Sing mourning songs We actually want you to cry and I we want you to <laughs> to really be in that spot of loss, right? But then be able to go on, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And because of the cultural differences, there's this thing of the sort of stoic. It has been my experience, and and people who are not of color, mm-hmm. when I've gone to those funerals, there's this sort of stoic stiff upper lipness, reserve that happens. Yeah. But then that mourning process doesn't happen, and it begins to I feel. It begins to build hungry ghosts. Mm -hmm. It begins, you never did cry for me. You never let, but you also never let me go. Right. Right. Like that that crying and that shedding is a releasing. Yep. So during that ritual, it was not my intention Mm -hmm. to do all that singing. My intention was to bring people in with a call, Mm -hmm. which is a call that was given to me. To this day, I don't know where it came from. I do it in front of other people in hopes that they'll say, oh, I've heard that before. (laughs) And then tell me what was happening. It was... Designed when I was walking this circle. Okay, so let me tell you the stupid thing I did. I have all these people in the room, we're gonna go into the underworld. Now, if I take people into the underworld who've been into the underworld, it's fine. Mm-hmm. If you take people in the underworld who haven't been in the underworld, they're like cats. They go running right, off, they yeah. go right. skittering off until you have to go catch them. I've got 67 people in this room. I do not have the manpower. It's just me and one. To go catch cats? Ritual. Yeah, cats. <laughs> right. So, my genius idea. Was to actually drop that ballroom into the underworld. Gotcha. And so I had a container. Yep. but because everybody's talking they're not engaged in keeping the ballroom Mm -hmm. in the underworld Mm -hmm. so as a ritualist I'm now keeping us in the underworld Right. but I'm in the underworld so much trying to keep us there that those songs as I feel people mourning they come out well I can tell you as a participant I sensed obviously
3: the drop drop, mm -hmm. as we went under when we went forward and we eating and feasting with our ancestors I'm a psychic medium mm-hmm And so when I went back to her, I mean, I was already crying Mm -hmm. uh, just from the energy in the room. And as I sat there and I was eating my little cracker or whatever it was Mm -hmm. I picked up, I could see just a swarm of spirits, mm-hmm. a swarm, and they just kept coming, mm-hmm. and they were following you, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and so as you were singing and going around the table, and this, mm-hmm. they were following, and it just kept bigger and bigger until that entire room yes. was in, just engulfed in spirit beings. Family members, they brought people with them. Yes, like I yeah. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Yeah>. Damon <laughs> Dave and I were sitting together the other day, and she said. I did tell everybody just to call Ann Ancestor. Yeah, right. Not everybody.
2: That's, true. That's true. literally everybody. <laughs> not not there whole were lines. people Ann. 17th century guard yes. Yeah, like, I mean, these people yes. were running their lives. There were
3: children. They <laughs> were, there were kids. There were adults. Oh I mean, and God. they were just a huge swarm, and they were just like in this big rhythmic dance going around and around the table. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. I was crying like a fool.
1: She was still crying
3: when she came. I was back still to crying when <laughs> I came back to the room, and like I mean, I called my my grandfather, my grandmother, and my uncle, and my um. uncle passed. Oh, gosh, oh, probably almost 10 years ago. And I've never sensed his spirit. Mm. I've sensed my grandmother. I've never sensed my grandfather. And uh, my father passed a couple of years ago, and he came to me about a year after he passed. Mm. He and I were not close in life, but he comes to visit me, you know, about like when well, we visited each other in, uh, in real life. We used to talk on the phone and, and see each other maybe once a year. But he came. And then all of a sudden, I realized my great-grandmother, Jenny, from my mother's <laughs> side of the family, had come. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa.
2: <laughs> you put up the beacon. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: But the, the thing that I did not realize was how much I missed them. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that, those tears was grief that I had never been able to express because my grandparents died when I was a teenager. Uncle died, you know, 10 years ago. I went to his funeral, but I never really could express that grief of losing him. Yes. Or even my father.
0: Yes. I, I could not have done this. Well,
3: no, I would've you would have been... lost
2: your shit as soon as Dado showed up. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah. As soon as my grandfather showed up, it, it would have been collapsed.
2: done. Yeah. Well, we went through heart center. So going through heart center, we had basically come through our heart and put a beam of light right above the altar. We took that globe that, that those beams created and blew it up and attached it to yep. the walls, the ceiling, and the floor. Then we took that room and put it into the hotel in the underworld, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just sat on top of that ballroom, mm-hmm. and there's a, there, and you could feel the fire next to the altar because that's the world fire at the bottom of the world tree, right? Then all these people started coming. Mm-hmm. They were wait, they they were they were coming, they were coming in. Before you both, started. I was giving directions, and you could feel them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were coming, and I was like, let me drop the ballroom. I <laughs> even that's stupid. I mean, I going to tell you right now, it look great on paper. Dumb <laughs> I'm still in pain and not 100% here because I was just dumb. Don't do that. So we get this thing done. And this one woman uh, had a miscarriage mm. recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I feel mm, better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she came to me and she's like, I can't express to you what's going on or what happened. But I'm telling you now, I don't feel that way. I've had people come to me and say... I didn't even like my mother. She you know, she passed a year ago mm-hmm. and she's been worrying me. And now I feel like we're good because, and I get this from studying with Day, because ultimately your ancestors gave you a gift that you cannot return. Mm-hmm. Right. They gave you life. Mm-hmm. They gave you life. Right. So you, they are bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm also a fan of giving them back their bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, I'm very good at let's feed them, let's talk to them, let's hand them back their baggage and then let's go. Right. That's 90% of what I'm trying to do in red. But it was a lot of people mm-hmm. and it was not... I think to be a good ritualist, and again, I get this from being a Ken Day, is not planning something to the nth degree, mm-hmm. but 100% being capable of getting everybody home. Yeah. Right. And you did. Right. You I had a couple did. stragglers. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Like,
3: we had a... In my group, we, we actually had enough time to go around our group several times and oh, several stories, which right. was really nice, but we had one young lady who was pregnant and probably Mm -hmm. not less than a month away from delivery Mm -hmm. and she she was explaining to us what she was experiencing as we dropped the room and as we were in the underground with all these spirits around the baby started Mm -hmm. moving and kicking and had up until that time been really really quiet and she started experiencing like labor pains she felt like almost i was like oh honey please
0: (laughs) (laughs) not here not now now.
3: and uh (laughs) long as we were in the underground as long as we were surrounded by all these ancestors and I could just sense like great-grandma's coming up to her and blessing Mm -hmm. the baby and things like that and the baby was responding and kicking and then as soon as you brought us up as soon as we came up that baby settled I mean it was it was really it was cool I got to hear the stories of the people I was with you know of of their ancestors and it was really really it was a blessing to me to be able to share
2: that with them Yes, I. it's what we used to do, and, and that piece of storytelling and being around the fire is what we used to do, and it's not the same technique, but when I go on the road to host storytelling shows, mm-hmm. I actually go a little bit into Shamanic Body. And I will tap the ancestor soul and then hit the ancestor souls of the people in the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because this is what we used to do. That's why this feels familiar. Mm -hmm. And then I, my biggest thing is that we're family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's been my biggest fight for the longest time. It's like, I don't care what happens. We're in this thing together. Right. We're all we got. So we have to perpetually remind ourselves we're family. You don't have to get along. (laughs) You don't have to like each other. This is it. Right. There's no other. There's no planet X. We're mm-hmm. gonna go change. This is it. You are going to live. You're going to be born, live, and die amongst these people. Mm-hmm. Right. So, do you have enough time to really engage in the solutions? Yeah. Right. And any ritual I do is gonna at some point try to address that. Like, do you have enough time for this? Cockery. Right. <laughs> so right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. it was, I I've gotten a lot of feedback. About that ritual and a lot of those techniques about getting people into the underworld and working mm-hmm. the tree, I got from taking post travel shamanism class From Ken Day. Ken Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we interviewed yeah. Ken a couple, couple of days, days ago. ago, yeah. Days ago. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's got a nine-part series, and it really is giving you the tools to do that work. And he's been my mentor 10 years, okay, maybe longer than that. I don't like to claim him because he's such a pain <laughs> in <behind>. the <But, laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know we already said goodbye, I'm going to throw that out there. That's my other thing about the feasting. Mm-hmm. We have stopped feeding people right. yeah. spiritually, emotionally, physically. We've stopped. And when I came through, the biggest part of red was the meal. That's mm-hmm. right. It was that red meal in the middle of the ritual. And it was the blessing, the prosperity blessing of may you never hunger and may you may never I'm thirst. thirst yeah. And it was not just to say the words, but to say, I'm taking on the responsibility of seeing that you never hunger and you never thirst. Right. right. And
1: we may you never we hunger like Here's some bread May you never right. thirst Here's I some may water is, right, right, yeah. Yeah. May you never yep. hunger
2: Food May you never thirst Beverage You know yeah. And we just kind of have Stopped doing those things And people act like it costs I mean I, I had bread And cranberry juice For six or seven people I think I spent Five bucks. Like you can be done. Right, yeah. 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 You can do sixty seven people for five bucks. It's not gonna cost you that much. And we need to start doing that again. So I agree. That's yep. why I do the breakfast. It's may you never hunger. Yeah. yeah. May you never thirst. How are you pulling it off? I'm actually gonna make you breakfast. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. So and that's
0: why we've had Bill L on and, PIN yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, And that Whatever whole thing. And, yeah. and yeah. uh yeah. we're actually Helping him start a pin down where we live. A- actually, at Arts and Craft. Yep.
3: Yeah. It's going nice. to live in their so building. So some of their space. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. To a so by Which April we, that we've should been be open. Food
1: pantry people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, needing yeah. to go to the pantry and yep. get the food. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So like, yeah. and
0: at that time, you know, having to listen to a, a, a Christian prayer <laughs> right. or a sermon before <laughs> oh, they'll God. let you fill out the paperwork before they'll let you, and I'm like,
2: <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Oh, no, just, I know. Yeah. You know, I hundred percent. I worked for a food bank. Yeah. For a long time, and. um they actually shifted to a grocery store model oh, okay. Uh, in some of the locations. So you just come in, take stuff off the shelves. Mm-hmm. Right. They weigh it, and hopefully you get a chance to go. But, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to go to those churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. thank you so much, but can I just get my cheese? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you and your God, but can I get my... Yeah, government? I just want my government oh my cheese. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for spending time with us. It's wonderful to see you, to yeah. talk to you. I just hope you have a good rest of your day.
2: <laughs> Thank you. It's
0: wonderful being here. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www3